Welcome friends to episode six of the Genius Podcast. I am your host, Karen Doyle, and I would like to invite you to join me and countless other Catholic women as we not only discover our own unique genius, but we own it. And then we bring it as a gift to the world and the people we do life with. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream, but you lack the confidence or the skills to take that next step, or if you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called The Genius Project. The Genius Project is dedicated to helping Catholic women discover their unique genius, what it is that they are called to do with their gifts and their life. If you like what you hear, please share the podcast with your friends and follow us on social media, genius underscore project underscore daily on Instagram or genius project on Facebook. Why not also check out thegeniusproject.co and take a look at the range of online courses and resources that are available to help and support women like you craft their gift and step into their calling. This week's genius guest is possibly my favorite musician at the moment maybe with the exception of Keith Urban. But seriously, this woman has rocked my world right through COVID isolation. Every Friday night, Alyssa and her very talented husband, Daniel, live streamed a free music hour. I tell you, it's what got me through. You'll hear in the interview that we don't mention COVID. And that's because the episode was recorded right before everything shut down. In this episode, Alyssa shares her story of how she learned to merge her secular music career with a life of faith and to do life fearless. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Alyssa Aegis. Oh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so grateful. We've just recently connected with you over the past 12 months, and I actually don't think we've met face-to-face, have we? Never, but we're very good friends on Instagram. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I'm just so looking forward. You're coming up to speak at the Sisterhood Conference, and we're so pumped to have you and really looking forward to your message. But as we've spoken a lot on the phone, unpacking the theme of the conference, I feel like I've gotten to know you and it's been um it's been great. So I'm looking forward to the conference and just Me hanging too. out. Yeah, it'd be good. So you I'd love you to just tell us a little bit about your journey and your career because you're in the music industry, both in the secular industry and in the church. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey because it's a really interesting story. Yeah, and it's funny you say story because I never used to think I had a story. Um but yeah. turns out I actually do. So I started learning piano when I was five years old. My parents yeah. put me into piano lessons at school and I used to do group lessons and then I did an exam and did really well. And so my parents put me into private lessons when I was about 10. Yeah. And then as I got into high school, I was really involved in the choirs. Like I, I was that co-curricular kid who just got involved in everything. everything. Yep. And so music was something I always wanted to do. And I'll never forget, I was 16, I started to write songs, I started to taught myself a bit of guitar, um, and I was going to be a star, Karen, like that's, you, that you, was my mindset. Like, that was it, <laughs> um, at 10? 10, 10, but already through like 16, I was going to be okay. the biggest star, I was going to win an ARIA award, and no one was going to tell me otherwise, but then okay. my parents had to bring me back to earth. <laughs> How um, did they do that? Oh, lots of arguments. They're like, you're going to university and you're not like, you can't just sit around at home and write a song and then you're going to, how are you going to eat? Okay. um, And I was so determined to make music a full-time career. So 
when I was 16 or 17, I ended up, I had a part-time job and I saved up all my money and I went to go record a demo at the local studio and I put that up on MySpace Music, yeah, as was the popular thing back in those days. And then I ended up through a mutual friend, I met my now husband, Daniel. And so we started a band together. Um, and over the last 10 years, we've been able to make music like doing cover music so corporate functions weddings pubs all of that we've been able to make music our full-time career um and and you do that very satisfying that's what you do wow that's awesome and you are so good I love the um like you started doing this women of the 90s and it's a takeoff of the women of the 90s and their top songs and so my friends and I we 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 love the 90s (laughs) we've been it's so much fun oh it looks fun Right. It's just all the songs we grew up with and it's like yeah. all those artists were my influences when I was, you know, five okay. years old. Yeah. So being able to sing their songs, it's just really cool. In fact, we did a show last week and we sang um, Buses and Trains by Bachelor Girl and a friend no of ours was, was in the audience and he had Tanya Doko, so Bachelor Girl herself, on Skype, like watching No way. No way. Died. I'm so not cool. even joking. I what did she say? Died. She was just smiling and then she reposted us all over her Instagram. How cool is that? Definitely a highlight of 2020. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. (laughs) So you've done like Unlimited Cover Band with your husband and that was, so you're 20, you're in your late 20s now. So 29. Okay. So you've about 10 years, you've been doing this full time. Is that right? Yeah. So um, while I was at university, um, I, we were working really hard on the band okay. and we both had part-time jobs like in between all of that. And then all the money we got from the band, we put into making the band better. Yeah. And then we got to a point where we could, um, yeah, we could make music a full-time career. And so it's, it's been Fantastic. awesome. Yeah, so good. So, and then obviously you're doing a lot because I know you're at ACYF and you went to World Youth Day, you led a pilgrimage overseas last year. How does how did you then move into, I guess, the church space and ministry space with music? Yeah, that's a really interesting story. Because they're well, total so. different worlds, aren't they? Total different worlds, which I kept completely separate. And okay. I, it's, I just find it so funny that I'm talking on a podcast about this because... I never would have thought I'd be doing it, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Faith was something that I came to kind of on my own. My family, um, I grew up in an Italian Catholic family, Catholic primary school, did all the sacraments, um, but that's kind of where it ended. Like you had this big, big party for your communion. And And then nothing. Nothing else. But then I was in year 12, I was one of the school leaders. And so I got to go to World Youth Day in Sydney. And it was there that I kind of got this little taste of what um, the faith was on a totally different level. Okay. Um, and then that inspired me to go to World Youth Day Spain. I'll never forget, I was 20, 20 or 21 and my parents for my 21st birthday, they said, we're going to give you some money and you can either put that money towards recording your songs yeah. or you can go on this trip to Spain because they knew how much I loved Sydney. Okay. So I chose Spain and I didn't know anybody. I went. Really? Um, you know, I didn't so know brave. I know. I went with the Melbourne Archdiocese and I felt like that's where I grew up on that trip. But I met like some of my bestest friends on that trip. We still keep in touch today. And it was there that I decided, you know, Faith, if I'm going to do this Catholic thing, I want to do it 100%. I don't want to do it half. Okay. Um, and but, but I never told anybody. So like n- not even my family or you know, um, anyone in the music industry for that matter knew that I was Catholic. It was just this. Really? 
low it's little growth. part of your life. Yes, because I was always scared that if, you know, pe- because, you know, the church sometimes can, it's in the media, not always yes. portrayed in the best of ways. I thought if someone knew I was Catholic, this is going to ruin my career. Um, I know it's so silly when I think about it now, but that's literally how I felt. I um, started to combine those two things together. Um, so Genevieve Bryant, who's a, yes. a Catholic singer-songwriter. Yeah, she's um, gorgeous. I, she's amazing. I would yeah. go to different events and I would always go up to her afterwards and say, you're amazing. And she kind of knew that I could play piano and sing. And then she invited me as part of her band to um, go to ACYF, which is the Australian Catholic Youth yes. Festival in Sydney. But at the same time, I also met another girl and her name was Georgia. And we were both in the secular music industry. And she rang me and said, I need to sing at Mass once a month. Do you think you could do it with me? Because she didn't play an instrument. So we did that. And then we decided to start writing songs together. Yeah. And so we both finally found somebody who shared those same struggles that I was going through in the secular industry. But Georgia was more bold about her faith. And so I always looked up to her. I thought if I'm kind of pegged with somebody else... The backlash won't be fully on me. It'll be with Georgia <laughs> we'll as well. palm it to Georgia. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So we started to we write a song together, and then we kind of knew that it was special, and we entered it into this competition to for it to be the theme song of the Australian Catholic Youth Festival in Sydney. Wow. And then we were shortlisted to win. And I thought, I literally thought, Karen, this is, is the best. This is going to be the moment that I come out with my faith and. No one's going to, like, I'm not going to get any backlash because I'm singing it to, like, 20,000 people yes. and this yeah. is the coolest way to come out, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it didn't didn't go our way, unfortunately. Um, and were you disappointed? I was, I was so upset, Karen. Georgia and I would went out for pizza and cocktails and I was, yeah. like, in tears. I was Aww. so upset. Okay. Um, oh, gosh. It's so hard, oh, isn't it, with those disappointments? So hard, but I wouldn't change it for anything because... I feel like Georgia and I are these walking examples of, you know, yeah. God's plans are better for you than your own. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so that experience needed to happen. Um, so we still went up to Sydney anyway. We played with Genevieve and it was yeah. in those moments we were playing to like thousands of people yeah. and I finally had this this joy that I'd never felt before on stage with Jen. Wow. Um, and I thought, wow, I'm finally bringing these two things together and this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah, you and had a strong just, feeling of that. Almost definitely. Really like you couldn't strong. wipe the smile off my face. Mm. That's just pure um, joy. Yeah, that's the only yeah. way I can describe it really. There's no other words that I can use. Yeah. And it was funny, at that, at that exact festival, someone also asked me how I combine music and faith because they kind <laughs> of knew that I was doing, you know, music in the secular industry. Yes. And, and what did you say? I, You're like, ah, oh, I haven't yet. <laughs> it was literally that. I think I dodged it completely. I think I started talking about it and yeah. then I didn't know how to answer it. And then I started talking about something else. And that was kind of the moment that I came home and I thought, hmm, this is not right. Like there's a massive imbalance in my life here. And so what did you um, do? How did you take that step and cross that line? Yeah, so it, it didn't happen straight away. I decided because um, I, I just got married and so I'd moved to a new suburb and I thought, I'm home during the week. Like there is no reason why I couldn't go to Mass every day and I yeah. couldn't. There was, there was no reason why I couldn't up that ante on my faith life. And so I, I did that and started to get involved at my local parish. I was um, singing there. Um, I had a wonderful priest there who really encouraged me to, you know, step out into that because, yeah. you know, prior to that I'd go to Mass and no one would even know that I could sing. I would literally okay. you kept it back, hidden. walk out. I really did. I was yeah. just, I don't know, 
I don't, don't even know the reasoning behind. I just thought if people yes. knew that I was in the secular industry, what were they going to think? It was all these fears of what other people would think. I would think, yeah. How much does that hold us back in life? I know it does for me too, but I think so many women fall into the same, whether it's music or speaking or whatever it is. So often we miss out on what God has for us or stepping into what he wants because of that fear. 100%. Um, I I just know so many examples in my life of that. And it took me a while to realise that's what it actually was. Like I just thought I wasn't, I didn't think I was doing anything particularly wrong. I thought, oh, you know, I work on, you know, on the weekends and like mass is my time to just not worry about entertaining, like, you know, singing for people. But then, you know, as I look back on it now, it actually was fear. That's what it was. And so take us back to you started going to Mass every day and then because your your career like into the Catholic space, I guess, has really taken off in the past 12 months, hasn't it? Almost definitely. Kind of exploded. Yeah. Exactly. And for a long time when I was going to Mass every day, I thought, oh, within a month this is going to look like my life's going to change. It's all going to be great. And for a long time I felt like nothing was happening. Mm. Um, And then it was during this time that I met Georgia. We started to write songs together and... um, then we decided, I don't know what it was, something in me said we need to get these songs recorded properly. So we started to work with a um, producer called Luke Batterbury who was okay. quite well known in the secular industry but I also knew he was a Christian so I knew he was the perfect person for us to work with. And so he spent, you know, a lot of time with us co-writing these tracks and then we, because we're friends with, you know, Gary Pinto and, yes. um, you know, Father Rob knew who we were as well, um, they encouraged us to get in touch with this Christian music publicist and they said to us, you know, he might not call back within a couple of, well, he'll probably call back in a couple of months, like don't expect an answer really soon. Yeah. And so we thought there's nothing to lose. So we sent him the song and he literally called within 10 minutes. Oh, wow. How He's cool is that? Fine, Were you stoked? Crazy. So stoked. <laughs> um, and at the same time we were discerning whether we would go to World Youth Day in Panama. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's a whole bunch of different priests really encourage us to to just jump on that and do that. And so everything kind of happened at the same time. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so we, re- we released um, our debut single called Set Fire for yeah. a bit of fun. We were literally released yeah. it as Alyssa and Georgia. Like we didn't even have a band name. We just did it. And then we went to Panama with Father Rob, Galia, and then. Yeah. Um, That's a again, great crew. How fun. Oh, we were so blessed. It was a blast. Was the most yeah. wonderful week. Um, we just. Again, the joy on those stages to thousands of people, yeah. it was just indescribable. Um, and it was funny because a few weeks prior to that, I, I guess I'd come to this real point, like breaking point where I thought I'm living this double life. I'm going to mass during the week and I'm doing all these things, like yeah. I'm ticking all those boxes. But then on the weekend I still felt like I, was, I wasn't meshing that faith and music together in the way that I really wanted to do it. Yeah, okay. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe if I'm going to be this proper Catholic that I want to be, maybe I need to give up the music in the secular industry. I was just so unhappy. And it's funny, this same priest that encouraged me to go to Panama, he just, he really helped me to change that perspective and um, say to me, no, Alyssa, you're, you're exactly in the place that you need to be. Like, Yeah, amen. Um, yeah, oh, I'm so grateful to him because he's absolutely changed my life. Um, Interesting. And so it was that little push, that little breaking point I needed and then we released Set Fire, went to Panama and then we returned and Set Fire did extremely well on Christian radio all around Australia. Really? That's awesome. 
My, my so daughters love cool. your music. Can I just say, because I've introduced them to it and now they've introduced their friends and everyone's playing the songs. I think I sent you a video yesterday of them in you the pool. And it's amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's the songs they're choosing to listen to while they're swimming. I thought, ah, oh, that is so cool. So good. That makes me so happy because in terms of our music, the, the biggest aim, Georgia, myself and Luke, our producer we have, is we want to create great sounding music that's you know similar to what you're hearing on the radio Katy Perry Taylor Swift um but with positive messages absolutely Um, because I've always struggled with the secular industry the songs that we sing they're not always giving the best messages yeah and for a long time I didn't even realize what I'm singing because I'm just on cruise control so much so the passion that I have for this project with Georgia which we've called the saga yeah oh it's just it's a way for our faith to really shine through our gifts Oh, and so does. Like it so does. I, I love that quote of the glory of God is man or woman fully alive. And when I listen to you two sing in those songs, oh my gosh, my heart just, it, it soars because it's just oh. like you say, joy. I think I've said this to you before that when you witness somebody operating in the height of their gift or really doing what they're on this planet to do, it actually blesses so many people, not just because it's a good song, but because they're drawn into the beauty of somebody bearing witness to God in in his creative genius, how he's created you to be. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Yeah. I know when I watch Gary, he's a friend of ours too, and he sings, it's similar experience. It's like my husband and I just love watching him sing because the passion and the joy is contagious. And and you're going to say contagious. It's exactly yeah. that. I was I was at a wedding um, a few months after we released Set Fire, and I'll never forget the bride is quite a, a vocal atheist, and she's in the music industry. And okay. I'll never forget on her wedding day, she came up to me like out of her entire crowd of people, came up to me and just said, "Like Alyssa, I'm so proud of you. Like it's like a firecracker has <laughs> gone off in you." Yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe it. You know, on your wedding day, you're like you're running around. You're not focused on other people. Exactly. And she took the time out of her day to come and tell me that. And, you know, the fact that, you know, she doesn't believe what I believe in, it doesn't doesn't matter. Like she still could sense the happiness. Yeah. And just I think something it's, it's even more than that. Like it's like you keep using the word joy. It's a deep joy and a passion, but just this vibrancy, this it's like fully alive and fully taking your space. It's just, it's magnificent. I love it. And the songs, you're right, they just have such, not just a beautiful message, but they really connect with young people. Like they really connect with young people who so desperately, you know, need these messages. So praise God. It's awesome. Praise God, 100%. Yeah. So, look, I think um, one of your other songs, one of the other singles that you've done is Fearless, and I just, it's my favourite. I just love it. Mm. And (laughs) it just is really speaking into this fear that women have of really stepping out into all that God had for them or has for them. Um, and just tell us a little bit about how that song came about. Yeah. So after we released Set Fire, um, Georgia and I actually made an accompanying video clip to that. And we li- we're literally in jeans and T-shirt and sneakers. And it's so different to what we would wear on stage in our secular gigs. Yeah. Um, and we found a lot of the female musicians were reaching out to us on social media, people, some, some of our close friends, but some also who aren't as close to us. And they were just saying, you know, thanks girls for just doing a song and being yourselves through that. And yeah. they were talking about the struggles that they were going through. Our industry is so competitive, Karen. And so yeah. um, 
just talking about they feel like they're always competing and, you know, who looks like this and who sings like this. And um, they found they were comparing themselves to each other a lot. Um, And so Georgia and I kind of took those messages. Um, Our producer, Luke, already had a bit of a chorus there and, and the three of us together kind of reworked things a little bit and we came up with this song called Feeler. So it was written out of the feedback that we'd gotten from Set Fire. Basically. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think you pick up on that competition in your industry, but I'd suggest that actually goes way beyond the music industry to be a struggle that I actually think most women have. Like most women to some, if you're feeling like you're not enough, it's because you're comparing yourself and there's that sense of competition in that. Someone's doing better than you. What do you need to do to compete in that space or to get that recognition or the value? Um, but I think that com- competitive kind of spirit is one of the unredeemed aspects that we find in some women and, and something that oh, we really need to battle. Definitely. I was scrolling Instagram the other day. I don't know if you follow um, Jackie Francois. She's a, no. a Catholic speaker from the States. And she had okay. this post, and I'll never forget it. She said, um, when you do the will of God for your life, so the, the unique purpose that God's given you, you won't feel the need to compare yourself to others and you'll actually rejoice in what God's doing through other people. Amen. Because Yeah. Yeah, and I, she's so right. It's so true. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I think when you really receive and claim your identity as God's beloved, then it's really just about you and he and what he's yeah. got for you to do. And then I just say to girls, you know, just do you. Do you because exactly. we need you. We don't need another version of all the others that look the same or do the same. We just we need you to do you and run in your lane and bring to life, bring to birth whatever it is God's put on your heart to do while you're on this planet. Exactly. And that's what the Bridge of Fearless talks about. It talks about, um, you know, there will never be another you. Um, yeah. So what does it say? Though you may not feel it, no, you can believe it. I think they're the lyrics, something like that. But um, oh, I could sing it for you, but, you know. Yeah, you could sing it. Listening. <laughs> wouldn't be pretty we might play it for the listeners because it's such a beautiful song when it seems like everyone's got it together you're the only one who doesn't feel the same
just the most beautiful song and I think it encapsulates this whole episode of this podcast around fearless and the words in it are so powerful. Like they really speak to my heart and I know, you know, my I guess my experience with women and we covered this in another episode with Laura Rowland just around how often women feel that they have to apologise, not just for what they do but for who they are. And I love the words of that song that's just saying, you know, be you, don't apologise, be unashamed in who you are. I just love it. So you've got other songs. So if people wanted to listen to them, where would they go, Alyssa? Sure. So we're all over the social media, as you have to be these days. You can, the main avenue that we have is um, Instagram. So it's The Saga, S-A-G-A, music. Yep. Um, we're on Facebook with the same name. You can listen to our music also on iTunes, Spotify, all the online platforms, but the ones I mentioned, they'd be the main ones. Yeah, you go and check them out because the songs are fantastic. But I, as I listen to your story, what I, I, I'm sure you have this experience, but do you get to this point now and look back and see that God had his hand on everything, that he was orchestrating every move, every invitation, every development of talent. Do you look back and have that sense that he Oh, was, my gosh, 100%. Had it all worked I, out. Exactly. And the funny thing is a few um, months ago I was, you know, doing a bit of a spring clean and I came across this box of things from my parents' Um, house from my old bedroom and I found this journal and I I never really I know there was one thing in there that was like so valuable I found this prayer journal I remember when I was first coming to my faith I I thought I might try this journaling thing and I literally wrote in it once or twice Karen Um, and I found this book yeah I kept it I found this book and I opened it up and it literally had this prayer saying um God, I've got this talent for music, but I really want to use that for you. Please help me to make the right decisions to do that. And it was from the year 2009. And then when I found it in 2019, I just, it was that moment where I realised, wow, he's he's answered it. It's taken, you know, 10 years, but I finally feel like I'm at a place where I am doing that. Yes. Um, And, Yeah. yeah, when I looked back over that every single moment, like there was even a moment I was in the, when I wrote that journal entry, I was I just joined this glam rock band. So I okay. used to wear I used to wear a mask, um, and we Did used you? to sing it like it was so funny. But like it was that kind of broke me into the you know the secular industry, and then yeah. everything else was an avalanche from that. Yeah, yeah. he's just been watching the whole yeah. time. He's been orchestrating the whole time. And I think going back, I think earlier you said something about when you were going along to mass, you felt like nothing was happening. And I think it's so the way with God that we can make a decision or step into what we think we're supposed to do, but nothing seems to happen straight away. And I think what I've learned is it's like we plant a bulb like in the season of autumn and then throughout winter, it doesn't look like anything's happening to it. And then in spring, it just bursts forth in its glory and its beauty. And I think that's how God works too. Like we have to walk through some struggles. He's not, he never imposes on us. He gently invites. And so it is always a journey of um, very gentle, very gradual discovery within our soul of who we are and what we're supposed to do. And I think Yeah, oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Like I, I love what you said, you know, you felt like nothing was happening and I think it's a great encouragement to younger women, I guess, trying to discern where they're meant to go in life and sometimes the impatience that we feel when we have an idea but it's not sort of 
getting traction straight away is just to really trust and really surrender the dreams in our heart and our talents and our gifts to the Lord and ask him to show us how we're supposed to use those and and to provide the opportunities. Yeah. And persevering through that, um, through that season. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's so easy to give up and it's so easy to lose all of that hope. But if we persevere, um, yeah, God just blows, For sure. blows your mind. And, and it's just, I think the value, realising that there is value in all seasons and that he's doing yes. something in all seasons. And so I think when you have that perspective, then you're less likely to be as frustrated with the winter seasons of life where things aren't happening as quickly as you'd like. I think the question of, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me in this season? What do I need yes. to learn in this season so that I can be what you want me to be down the track? And, you know, I love the scripture, just leaning on scripture and the word because, you know, the word is as relevant today as it was then. It's the living word of God. And Mm. there's a beautiful scripture that says, you know, I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And I really love that. I, I truly believe God has a plan for every single person. But I also believe that just as God has a plan for us, the enemy also has a plan for us. And this is something. Oh, yeah chat to you about because I think as women particularly we're vulnerable to this but you know there's another scripture that says the enemy prowls around looking for someone to devour and scripture tells us there is an enemy who comes to steal kill and destroy and I truly think that the enemy wants to steal our gifts and our joy and our belief in ourselves, and he wants to kill off God's image in us and he wants to destroy the plan and the purpose that God has for our life. I think, I don't know, I look back on my life and there's been times where I nearly didn't get over the line because of certain strongholds in my life that held me back. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know if you've had a similar experience. I'm sure that you have. Um, I know one for me was back in, at World Youth Day in 2008 in Sydney, I was asked to co-host the opening ceremony with Ray Martin. And I, the things on my list of things I would never do was I would never do public speaking. I'd never <laughs> work with teenagers and I'd never marry anyone with their own business. <laughs> and I'd oh, never no do way. podcasting <laughs> or anything like that. So the great irony is God has called me to an area of all three of those thrown in together. <laughs> but at the time, back in 08, I just was like, no way. I'm so not going on television and I'm so not speaking and anyway it was so funny because they did the countdown for the opening ceremony and all the producers are there and we've got the the opening mass behind us in this makeshift studio and they count down and they said whatever you do don't look at the prompt screen and so what do I do when they, <laughs> when they the said you're live? I looked at the <laughs> prompt screen. I was like, oh, my goodness. But it was interesting because for weeks I beat myself up about that. And I went on. I don't know how oh, no. I never did to watch it. I was just <laughs> <laughs> But I thought, you know, it really impacted me because I was like, oh, you know, those thoughts, the voices that start in your head, you know, you are no good, that voice of condemnation, of criticism, yeah. full of yourself. Like, you're so not meant to do this. This is not your gift. What were you thinking? All of these things. And that's the enemy. And I think so often we don't recognise that voice as the voice of the enemy, as a lie from the pit of hell trying to stop us from doing what God has for us to do. And I think what it does is it drives us into hiding. 
we go into hiding where we we don't you know discover ourselves we don't let others experience us and it's a really negative cycle I don't know have you had an experience like that or am I the only one (laughs) no no you're definitely not the only one it's funny because those that voice it's disguised as something like that's totally rational as well and so um I guess I can speak when I came to that I was going to daily mass and felt like nothing was happening and I got to that breaking point and there was two options I could have either you know just given up on faith and just gone full into the secular music industry and um or you know I could have stepped into what I was doing now but it was that voice you know you can't have both you know who do you think like you can't say you believe in God but then you know go and sing at a pub where everyone's getting drunk it was um it wasn't until I changed that perspective um and and thought how can I bring God into this situation that's when I kind of had that breakthrough but if I look back on it now it was that inner voice was definitely the enemy speaking to me and even you know moving forward into what I'm doing now um I had a bit of a struggle with anxiety and it was like maybe it's all like is what I'm doing now worth the struggle of the anxiety? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if I look back on that, it, it also felt like that was an attack, you know, because I was finally stepping out and it was just yes. like the devil trying to make me not do it. Yes. Um, yep. But I think, yeah, in those times, I think it's really, really important, you know, stay close to God in prayer through the sacraments mm. and even through other people, like make sure yeah. you're talking to like-minded people who, you know, can help you, talk through it like and discern the voice through through a lens of faith exactly absolutely I know I um I I think one thing I've become aware of probably in the recent years was a stronghold over my life where I'd made agreements with things that had happened in my past and it was like I think what happens in life is we have experiences um, of rejection or vulnerability and they could be negative and hurtful experiences and we draw messages from those experiences but then we also can make an agreement with something that happened. So mm. if you made a fool out, or say you, you fail your maths test and you do really badly and your class finds out when you're in grade five and they laugh at you and you get called stupid, you can make an agreement with that event where you believe that you are stupid. And so as you grow up and you mature, you experience life or experiences through the lens of that stronghold. Before we look at stepping out in our gift or to do what we're meant to do, we need to draw aside in prayer and just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the agreements that we've made in our life that will hold us back and keep us in hiding. I think that's a really, I I know that that's been really powerful for me. When I became aware of even in my 40s, you know, there's still agreements that suddenly come to light or the Holy Spirit reveals and you just need to pray through those so that then when you do step out, you're giving from a place that's really rooted firmly in Christ and in identity in Christ. So, Alyssa, have you ever had an experience, a similar experience of, I guess, the enemy trying to tempt you to believe in agreements that you may have made about yourself, especially as you're starting to step into that faith arena? Um, Yeah, I think when I was going through my initial let's keep my faith on the down low because what's it going to do to my music career? That stuff always, especially when I stepped into it for the first time, I was petrified before we released Set Fire. I remember saying to Georgia, I didn't want to do a video clip because I thought that's just going to, if 
it's just so out there and people are going to yeah. see my face. Like, I, I <laughs> yeah, not only are you going to step out, they're going to see you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but again, it was, it was having, I think for me, it was not having to do that alone. Like not only did I have Georgia with me, but I think all that, all those months that I was going to daily mass, like even though I felt like nothing was happening, it was during that time that God was preparing me to, you know, take that leap. Um, And yeah, yeah, you feel like you're falling a little bit, but he's never going to let you fall. And so um, it's, I guess it's just having that trust. Um, And that's kind of what I've learned. And then once you have like a a really great experience, it it kind of spurs you on to to keep going. And even if something's trying to stop you um, during that process, you can still, you draw on the graces of that first, um, you know, lift up. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, just having that attitude of inquiry, like, so instead of seeing as a failure, I think back to that Ray Martin opening and eventually I got to the point where I was like, okay, what, what could I have done better? Like that attitude of inquiry, what can I learn? How am I going to grow? Which is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you picked up yeah. on something really important as the importance of community because I think the enemy really likes to isolate us. And that's when we become really vulnerable, when we're isolated. And you've mentioned it a couple of times, just that sense of community, whether it's with Georgia or with um, church friends and church community. It, that's been obviously a really important part of your life, hasn't it? Oh, 100%. Um, especially, you know, my family aren't practising and I haven't really got, a, my close friends generally aren't, or yes. all my friends in the secular music industry like, you know, it's, it's difficult to talk about the, the deep faith stuff. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's been really important to have people like Georgia and, and, and church friends um, just as an encouragement um, when, when those times do get tough. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's so good to catch up with you. And I'm so looking forward to um, hearing your message at the Sisterhood Conference, which is going to be just so beautiful, where you talk about, you're talking really about stepping into your anointing and your gifts, which is just going to be beautiful. So thank you so much for your time, Alyssa. And I hope that interview was a blessing for you. And I really hope and pray that there was something in there that you can take with you into your week this week. If you are interested in Alyssa's music, follow her on social media or check her out on The Saga, The Saga, S-A-G-A. Alyssa will be a guest speaker at our Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference later this year and she will bring a very powerful message as well as sharing her gift of song and music with us. So if you're not registered, make sure you register. If you are interested in going deeper in your own life with all that we are discussing on the Genius Podcast, go on over to the website www.geniusproject.co and take a look at the range of online courses and resources that are available. The next Genius course opens in June. You don't want to miss it. We hope and pray that you have a beautiful week. God bless you and we look forward to the journey again next week.